1: Accidental poisoning incidents involving children can occur in a matter of seconds, causing panic and distress for parents. According to the National Poisons Information Centre, thousands of inquiries are made every year regarding poisoning. The majority of these incidents involve children aged 14 and younger, with the highest percentage occurring in the one to two year age group. Well, joining me in studio to talk about this is the National Poisons Information Centre Clinical Director, Dr. Idel Duggan. Idel, good morning and welcome.
0: Good morning. Thanks very much for having me on.
1: I was at Bloom, met you at Bloom, by (laughs) complete coincidence. uh, And uh, you had a, a display there.
0: We did. A, I suppose not many people are aware of the National Poison's Information Centre in Beaumont Hospital. But we wanted to increase awareness about the dangers of chemicals in the house and at home. And that's why we decided to sponsor a garden at Bloom.
1: Yeah, and uh, very important. Obviously, people are thinking about gardening products that might be toxic uh, to not alone kids, but adults as well. But I want to start inside the home. What are the most common uh, substances that may cause poisoning?
0: I suppose the commonest thing that we get called about uh, and we get 10,000 calls a year will be paracetamol. Um, and then in young children, we get about over 6,000 calls concerning uh, p- potential poisonings in young kids. Um, And one in five of these we have to refer into hospital. And the commonest thing that we're referring in for is your liquid detergent capsules followed by paracetamol and then re-diffusers. They're the, they're the top three. Re-diffusers, to. which yes. is a,
1: a kind of a new, new-ish phenomenon. I'm sure you've only been seeing that in the last few years.
0: Yes, and, yeah. and people aren't aware of the dangers. It's the liquid uh, in the um, container that is uh, toxic. Uh, sometimes they can contain essential oils and they contain an alcohol. Uh, so if the child drinks it, we have to refer them into hospital. Yeah.
1: Now, in terms of the, the first thing, which is the liquid, uh, detergent capsules uh, they can be quite attractive quite colourful
0: very colourful to young children you can understand how they be attracted to them and they put everything in
1: their mouths <laughs> they do
0: they do and, and they can have wet hands and when the, the moisture gets on the liquid detergent capsule they dissolve because that's the mechanism of them yeah. and then they can either splash into the eyes or they can put them into their mouth and it can cause problems
1: yeah now obviously if the child tastes this stuff it's not nice to taste no so they obviously make a noise the parent comes running realises it's... <laughs> What's happened? Now, how toxic are these things?
0: Um, they can be very toxic, but th- thankfully it's only a small number that would be. They usually they get nosy and vomiting on it, but they they, they are In other um, words, they
1: get rid of the stuff so, yeah. almost as soon <laughs> but, as it's gone down.
0: Yeah, they can feel a bit sick with it or they um, I suppose the danger of it goes into the lungs. They can if they're coughing um, and that there's any risk that has gone into and the they lungs. And aspirate can, into the lungs. Into the lungs, yeah, and it cause a, a new uh, in, inflammation in the lungs, and that can be quite serious. It can also cause inflammation 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 of the tube going down into the stomach the esophagus and it it can cause ulcers as well in that tube uh, so it it can cause problems that
1: way so it's it's very very serious Uh, what happens when they go to hospital
0: uh, I suppose they, they have to monitor them and just see depending on whether they have symptoms. Um, do I, they
1: try to rinse them out in some way?
0: <laughs> no, the, the danger is, and I suppose that's one of the key messages we'd have, is not to make uh, children vomit. So if they've taken anything, do not make them vom- vomit. Uh, because if the substance has gone down has caused damage coming down, when it comes back up, if it goes into the lungs, it can cause more damage. And there's alcohol in the, in the liquid detergent capsules in some of them and it can make them drowsy. Um, and as a result, then they're, they're not protecting their airways as well.
1: Now, uh, paracetamol, are we talking mostly about Calpol? Yeah,
0: yeah, we are. Um, sometimes it's, you, you come in, you see the child with their bot- the bottle in their hand. They might have a load down the front of their, their top and you're not really sure how much they've taken. Um, so there was a full
1: bottle, a bottle of Calpol there yeah. and there's a little bit left. And there's a lot down the, the front and you're trying to do the sums and work out, oh, my God, how much has the child taken?
0: Yeah. And um, we base it on the weight of the child. I suppose we look at the worst case scenario and then we move her in. Uh, to, to see so whether. It,
1: you, if they've taken, say, 30 mils or something, uh, you, you work that out. It could be 30 mils, could be 40 mils. What then?
0: If it's in the toxic range, we will send them into hospital and then within four hours of them ingesting it, we take a level. They, they take a level in the hospital and then depending on that level, there is an antidote for it and they may need the antidote.
1: Now, Calpol is sweet to the taste. Otherwise, mm. the kids wouldn't take it. Oh, no. Very nice. <laughs> so, so so it's deliberately designed in that way. But that makes it, uh, you know, for a curious child, they sip the bottle uh, and they, they might take too too much of it. But the cap is supposed to be child resistant.
0: Well, children are very smart. So we always consider that child resistant caps are delaying mechanisms. So they may give you time to get to them before they actually get the top off. So always consider it that it's a that delaying they just mechanism. might, a
1: clever child with a strong grip might will manage eventually. to open the cap.
0: Yeah, within time they, they will figure it out.
1: So the line is they're child resistant not child proof. Proof, exactly. Okay. Now, uh, hand um, sanitizer. That's probably relatively new. How much did you get during the pandemic of that kind of poisoning? I suppose we,
0: we did get a spike in calls. We got over two hundred calls con- containing um, the um, exposure to hand sanitizers. And again, it's because it was available in the home. Everybody was buying the hand sanitizers, and it, there's an alcohol in it. Um, and so we got an increase in calls concerning that. Sometimes ingestion, sometimes a splash into the eye. Um, it can cause problems with the if it gets into the eye as well. And so, and again, it was because of COVID and everyone having the availability of it in their homes.
1: Um, Reed diffusers, these are things that have some sort of perfumey liquid, which is volatile to some extent. It's drawn up into the wooden reeds and then they spread a nice aroma around the house. But... (laughs)
0: <laughs> reed diffusers, these are one of the things again that we have a concern about. Uh, we did a study uh, last year just looking at them. They, be, there can be essential oils in these, and be, there's an al- uh, glycol ethers in them as well that that uh, can cause problems. Uh, there is meant to be information on the leaflets concerning what's in them, and in 50% of the cases, uh, the, we had no information on these no, products. No, because
1: you open the box, take out the reed diffuser, deploy it mm. in your loo or your kitchen or whatever, and then you throw out the box, you recycle. And- it's gone
0: yeah but also the industry have a um the HSA um, are the regulatory bodies and the uh, people who are producing re-diffusers need to uh, provide us with the information what the toxic ingredients are and in 50% of the cases they didn't so the HSA did an enforcement campaign on it to increase awareness of that So, yeah.
1: But people can have re-diffusers there for a long time and uh, you know the oh, yeah. regulations may have come after yes. uh, the yeah. deployment um, How typically does a child have you come across cases where they've got this stuff do we know the mechanism I mean they take a stick out and suck it, or it, do,
0: sometimes the will That that wouldn't be as worries. You know, if they just licked a stick, then we, we wouldn't be as concerned about it. It's just if they've drank any of it, then we have to. Uh, sometimes they might be a bit drowsy. Um, but part of the problem is the essential oils in them. Um, some something like tea tree oil that's in it or uh, uh, eucalyptus oil that's in it that can cause a um, lung effects and it causes drowsiness yeah. and, and, and These are,
1: in spite of the fact that are natural and so on, mm. they're powerful. Things.
0: Yeah, and you only need a small amount in, in a, a child uh, to cause problems.
1: Now, uh, pseudocreme do kids actually stick their fingers into the pseudocreme jar? Uh, then <laughs> suck them, suck the <laughs> fingers.
0: Yes, yes, I have to say I've had one of my ch- children do that. Say, um, and But it is low toxicity, I suppose is the good thing about it. But if they, you know, those tops, they will eventually try and get them off. Yeah. Uh, and if they put them into the mouth, they are relatively low toxicity. But again, they can cause a bit of nausea and, and vomiting.
1: OK, then other things that are very common around the house, uh, liquid uh, soaps, shampoos, conditioners uh, maybe moisturizers all these things that might be lying around the house and many of them would not be uh you wouldn't expect children to be going at mum's moisturiser, for example, so there won't be a child-resistant cap on it.
0: No, no, no. And so I suppose our main message is to keep them out of sight, out of reach of young children. If you're using a project, always put the lid back on. Um, don't You know, you might use it and, and forget to put the lid back on. But remember, never transfer any product out of its original container. Always keep the label um, on it um, and teach children to always ask if something yeah. is safe to eat. Or
1: drink. Because um, people might Might be, you know, take some white spirit, for example, out of a larger container, put it into a um, 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 uh, soft drink bottle, for instance, you know. And that has
0: happened. That has happened. We have. uh, I have a, a story of a man who did that with a pesticide and it was very hot. He had put it into a soft drinks container. He took a, It was a very hot day like over the last weekend. Took a small sip of it, spat it out. Um, his sister thankfully rang us. We said go into hospital. He ended up in intensive care for about uh, two weeks. He ended up with a temporary pacemaker in his mm-hmm. heart because of the pesticide. So just to highlight the dangers of transferring that, that chemical into another. OK,
1: container. before we go out of doors to talk about garden chemicals and so on, Um, you've talked about the majority of the cases are those children under 14 and most of them much younger, the one to two age group. Uh, Say the... 12, 13 year old, what kind of things do they do to themselves? Because you'd imagine at that point, you'd hope they'd have a bit of sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel sometimes it's just experimental. Again, we wouldn't get a huge amount of calls. Sometimes it's it's a, it may be an, a, a medication or that somebody has given them a medication and then one a parent and another parent comes back and gives them another double medication. Like medication. And, uh,
1: you, would you be involved in things like if kids decide to sniff something because they're at an age where it might be a popular thing to do or a TikTok challenge or something like that. So
0: Sometimes we will get calls on that. But again, they're, they're, they are fewer uh, than the young children.
1: Now, uh, again, uh, if you, you know, the child is foaming at the mouth or if their eyes are bloodshot and red and, and uh, you know, teary, what do you do yourself? I mean, you obviously want to try and get them as much medical help. But is there anything you do yourself as a parent immediately?
0: Well, the first thing is not to panic. Because uh, it's very, you know, in that kind of situation, you can understand uh, that you will be very concerned. Uh, we say if if it's not an emergency, we say if they're not going blue or they haven't com- collapsed, because of, in in that scenario you would call the the an ambulance. Um, but it, you know, if they they appear well, you can c- bring the product to the phone um contact us, and then we'll give advice. Do not make them vomit. Um. Okay,
1: but in terms of the eyes, I mean, do you wash the We
0: would advise, I suppose what we would advise is rinse them out for 15 minutes. Now, on a small child, that's quite difficult to do, as you can imagine. But we would say rinse it out for 15 minutes or if it's on the skin, again, 15 minutes, uh, rinsing it with water uh, to try and get the chemical off.
1: Now, let's move out of doors, the garden. Um, What sort of dangers are there?
0: I suppose the top three things that we've got called about concerning, I suppose, plants is one of the things that we get called about. Uh, and then agricultural chemi- chemicals, your pesticides, yeah. your insecticides. So with regard to plants, the, the top thing will be lords and ladies. The berries are them. They're very attractive for young kids. And then foxglove is another one that people mightn't be aware is quite toxic. Um, and then uh, the yew tree as well will be another one. that. Uh, and
1: the- So the the very... Plants naturally growing in your garden have a toxicity that you have to be aware of.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I suppose it's just teaching children to always ask if something is safe to eat, you know, um, because they're uh, walking home from school. I remember the foxglove on yeah. the hedgerows um, walking along, you know, so I didn't realise then how, how
1: toxic they were. But you weren't about to eat them, I presume. No. You, just, you could pick them. and yeah. yeah. What about that if you do pick something that is toxic? And uh, is there any likelihood that poisons can be transferred onto it's your fingers?
0: it is a low risk but we, but even if you put your foxglove plants into a bath with water and you accidentally drink come along then and accidentally drink the water that that is toxic yeah.
1: Yeah. you need a lot of things to go wrong though yeah. uh, really yeah. in that situation and again with uh, horticultural or agricultural chemicals i mean the pesticides they can be quite serious so
0: yeah. very serious as a, as the um, case that I gave you can see he he had just taken a sip spat it out and yet it had serious effects on the heart and um, it goes nausea vomiting because lung problems um, and then it
1: can affect the heart Is there any way of finding out any website where you can find out what plants are toxic or, or not?
0: On poisons.ie if you poisons.ie. look yeah, we have a list of the toxic plants and the non-toxic plants uh, which might help you but also I'm sure in garden centres if you go in and ask them they will be able to give you advice mm. on, on plants
1: Now uh, the, the final thing really is about uh, Uh, what we do ourselves and often you know we take whatever medication we might have to take Um, and your advice is not to take any medications in front of children
0: yes we would because sometimes children are visiting their grandparents and if they see them taking the medication they might think or don't refer to them as sweets either Um, some people might have a habit of of doing that
1: yeah what's granny or grandpa doing oh they're just taking their sweets. sweets yeah don't, Don't say do that.
0: that. No, because it's it's providing a seat. You know, they're thinking, oh, well, if they're sweets, I want some of those too. Yeah. And um, so, and also not to leave your medication in a bag that they can root through and and get hold of.
1: All right. And the the other thing, of course, is that there are uh, vitamins. Are they in any way dangerous if someone got a, a tub full of vitamins and they spilled on and they look maybe.
0: It, it, it depends on what's in them. So there are some, so your vitamin A in your iron, the iron content of it. So we'd have to calculate on a weight basis how much iron is in the, the multivitamins when they take them yeah. um, to see.
1: So be, be aware. That's yes. the bottom line. And again, all the information is available on?
0: Poisons.ie um, And we have a public uh, telephone line. Uh, can I give it? Yes, please. 809 from 8 in the morning to 10 at night. 809
1: 2166. Dublin number 01 And it's available
0: 8 to 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. Very That's good. That's a national service in both bases. Excellent Boat
1: service. Uh, Dr. Edel Duggan, Clinical Director of the National Poisons Information Centre. Uh, thank you very much for joining us.
0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.